and welcome back to another bump day. You're listening to the Pregnancy Perfect Podcast. I'm Kayla Geddes and I'm your host. Before I introduce my guest today, I just wanted to let you know that this is one of the very first interviews I did. So don't be surprised if I sound a little bit nervous or if you can tell when I move my face a little bit too far from the microphone. I went to school for journalism and have done a lot of interviews in my life, but I was always on the other side of the microphone. I never recorded my own voice for people to hear. So jumping into this podcast has been so great and fun for me, but it's also been a challenge just because I'm not used to being on this side of it. With each episode, though, I feel like I improve a little bit and feel a little bit more comfortable. But I also realize that you are all along for the ride as I am working hard to get better each time. So thanks for being kind and patient as I work out the kinks every week. I appreciate it. With that said, I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Natalie Holbrook. She's an amazing, amazing writer who I admire. And she actually just published her first book in March. It's called Hey Natalie Jean, Advice, Musings, and Inspiration on Marriage, Motherhood, and Style. If you haven't read it, I definitely recommend it. I read it in about two days and loved every bit of it. So go get it right now if you haven't read it yet. Natalie also writes a blog called Hey Natalie Jean, where she posts the most amazing pictures of their everyday life. And I promise it'll make you want to move to a quiet spot in the country and ride your bike into town and redecorate your living room. Natalie actually just moved from New York to Moscow, Idaho with her husband, Brandon, and their son, Huck. And she shares in this episode a lot about her fertility issues. Because of her experience with infertility, I think she did her best to enjoy every minute of her pregnancy that she could. And I think she's continued to do that as Huck grows. Links to the things that we discussed today are over on the show notes page, which is pregnancyperfect.com slash Natalie Holbrook. Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for being here today. I've already Hi. told the audience a little bit about you. Can you um, take a minute, though, and tell us a couple more details about you, such as your age, where you're from, about your family, whatever else you want? Yeah, sure. My name's Natalie. Um, I was originally born in Arizona, but we moved around a lot. And right now my family's living in Brooklyn, New York for the next six days. And then we're moving to Moscow, Idaho, where we lived actually five years ago. So we were kind of playing ping pong a little bit. Um, I'm 32. Um, my husband is Brandon. He's 37. And Huck is almost five. Oh, that's so fun. I'm so excited for you that you're moving back to Idaho. That's where I'm from. So... Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, not Moscow, but um, another little town. So we're excited for you. Have fun. Yeah. Hooray for Idaho. (laughs) Yes. All right. So since we here at the Pregnancy Perfect podcast like to refer to the pregnancy journey as the nine-month marathon, we're going to keep along with the running theme (laughs) and open up Mm -hmm. a pre-run stretch of quick, fun questions to warm us up and get to know you just a little bit better. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What did you eat for breakfast this morning? Oh, I think I had a strawberry Twizzler for breakfast. Don't judge me. (laughs) Is that your favorite kind of Twizzlers? Honestly, I've been having this major hankering for those super ropes. Oh, yeah. At gas station. Uh I cannot find them anywhere. And in a pinch, I think the Twizzler comes in second. And the red vine, this is controversial, but I don't love the red vine as much as I love the Twizzler. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) With the super rope, if I could find those, that would yeah. be my day. Yeah, I keep seeing commercials for those. 
But what app on your phone can you not live without? Gosh, um, it's a tie between my period tracker, actually, <laughs> my period tracker app. Um, and probably the other one is just uh, email. Probably which one? Sorry. I don't know. I, I always love to check my email. It's oh. like really a compulsive problem for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. What was your, what was your first job as a teenager? I worked at a call center at Allstate Insurance doing cold calls, like a telemarketing job. Okay. It, it was uh, pretty rad. Yeah. I was very, very obnoxious <laughs> for a living. <laughs> and then finally, the best question for last, what is your favorite Meg Ryan movie? Oh, my gosh. It depends on the moment that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I mean, I watch You've Got Mail the most frequently. I think it's like the most palatable. It's the most... Um, it works in the most situations, but I think my very favorite is when Harry met Sally. I think that, or be tied with French Kiss, because they're just offbeat. Yeah. I like that about them, but they're not for everyday situations. Right, but they yeah. are. They are feel good movies. If you ever just want to, really uh, are. Yeah, particularly French Kiss because she is so sad the entire time. So no matter how bad you're feeling, she's feeling worse. <laughs> That's kind of a nice <laughs> consoling. Yes, that is a good point. Yep. All right. So let's move into talking about your pregnancy. Um, Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you have one child, Huck. Mm -hmm. Um, How old were you when you found out you were pregnant with him? I was 27, which for me seemed very old. Did it? To be having a first time baby. Yeah. Well, we've been working for it for about five to seven years, depending on how you consider working mm-hmm. to get pregnant. So it was kind of one of those things where all of my friends had had babies, multiple babies even. They were on their third before I was even on my first. And I remember thinking I was so behind. I had to do so much catching up, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I bet that was hard. Um, so was it a pleasant surprise then or planned pregnancy? It was planned. It was, it was the very opposite of a surprise. It was the kind of thing where I had been charting my cycles and seeing doctors and trying all kinds of weird diets. And finally, it was the second cycle in of Clomid that finally did it. So it was, it was like the least surprising. I mean, it was the most surprising, not surprise ever. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more? I don't know that much about Clomid. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about that? Yeah, it's um, a kind of artificial synthetic hormone booster of some kind that you take the first part of your cycle. You can either take it between days two and five, or I think it's five and no, 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 I'm, I'm getting that wrong. Either way, two and seven and three and five, something like that. Anyway, you take it the first half of your cycle, and it's supposed to boost your hormones and your ovulation. So instead of sending out one decent egg, you send out like 10 supercharged eggs, which is why you have a higher rate of um, twins, 8% higher actually. Uh, Yeah. So um, it's supposed to give you all kinds of hormonal side effects, kind of similar to menopause, heat flashes and um, weight gain and things like that. And then usually doctors will prescribe it for a three-month cycle. And that's because um, typically your first month, it just kind of gets your body primed. And then the second and third is when it kind of um, usually ends up in a pregnancy, if it will end up. So it was kind of like clockwork for us. The first month was just the symptoms, and my period came that first month, and I thought I was going to die. It was the worst period I've ever had in my life. Really? Yes. I was like lying on the floor of the bathroom thinking, this is it. 
this is it. My oh, lady no. parts are going to kill me. Oh, no. It was so bad. And then um, the second month I was pregnant. At that point, I was um, testing every 28th day compulsively because wow. it was what I did. I had been trying to get pregnant for two solid years. And um, I had learned that waiting to see if I was late was just too much. Yeah. So I would just take a test first thing and get it over with. Okay. Yeah. So um, so it only took the two months once you started on Clomid? Or mm-hmm. had you done yeah. it before? Did you say you did no, it before? It was my first round of Clomid. It was my second month of the three that I was given per cycle. Like you're okay. given a three-month dose. Okay. And it's counted as one cycle. Okay. And so you didn't need the third month, obviously. Since, no, I didn't. I didn't. The second month. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, how did you tell Brandon that you were pregnant? It was so funny because I, I thought as I was reading the test, you know, thinking, oh, now's the creative part. But I, I don't even think I waited five minutes and I texted him. <laughs> I texted him and I said, you're not going to believe this in all caps. And then he called me. He was in school. He was a law student at the time. He oh. called me and was like, what's up? Thinking maybe it was that the dogs had gotten into something. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm pregnant. You did it. That's what I said. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which well, is funny because really I think I did it. Because he wasn't the problem I was. But either way, <laughs> he gets all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. did it. And he was, yeah. Oh, that's fun. It is. I think it's like nearly impossible to keep the news to yourself. So yeah, I don't know how people do that. Yeah, that's crazy. How did you did you do anything creative to share the news with the world? I actually I tried to keep it on the DL as long as I could. I told my parents pretty much right away. In fact, I called my mom after I called my dad or after I called my husband. And then I talked to my dad after I talked to my mom. And my mom knew how hard it was for me to get pregnant. So she was all, you know, oh, that's so great. And my dad goes, well, I hope it sticks, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, I mean, that's true. It, yeah. it might not. Um, so after that, I tried really hard not to tell anybody, but I think I made it like eight weeks. I went and I had my ultrasound and there was a heartbeat. And the doctor said that he said, well, less than a 5% chance at this point that you'll miscarry. And I don't know if that was true or not, but I thought, well, that's as good as I need. I'll just yeah. spill beans. So actually I, I had a blog that back then I was still somewhat new to the blogging situation. I think it had been about three years that I'd had a blog. And I, uh, my husband was out of town, actually. He was on this, um, it was kind of hysterical. He was on this business plan competition. He was an MBA and law student. And part of his MBA program was putting together this business plan. It was kind of a mock situation, but they gave them an actual business that was trying to start up. So they kind of were helping out an actual business, even though it was all theoretical. And his business was um, this test that would determine if you had bacterial vaginosis. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. <laughs> BV is what they call it. It's um, when your pH balance in your vagina isn't um, operating correctly and it leads to all kinds of proclivities toward different diseases like oh. yeast infections and things like that. So, okay. so Brandon was um, off giving presentations about vaginas in Texas, mm-hmm. actually, for the week. And I decided to, on my blog, do like a series of letters to Brandon. And then the last one, even though he already knew, um, I was going to slip in the ultrasound for my readers. And it kind of went off pretty well, actually. Oh, that's it's one of fun. A few times when I didn't think about it too hard, but it was, it was fun. It worked. That's cool. That is fun. Yeah. Um, if you could describe your first trimester in three words, what would they be and why? Mm, burrito, <laughs> exhausted, and scrambled eggs, although it's actually two words. 
That's okay. I that a, works. I ate a lot of burritos and scrambled eggs. That's really? all I could stand. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We'll get more into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so speaking of the first trimester, obviously it comes with a lot of changes. What symptoms did you have if you had any? Mm. I had um, gas, actually. I was very burpy. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boobs got enormous, which was lovely. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never been big chested. It was exciting. <laughs> I had a full B cup. Um, and then I was just exhausted. For about a week, I was nauseous maybe, but it was only if I hadn't been eating or sleeping enough. Okay. And so long as I was napping and, you know, shoving my face with scrambled eggs, melt and cheese on top, I was oh. completely fine. Okay. But uh, for about three days there during week 10, it was a little hit and miss. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to ask if you had anybody that suggested remedies that helped relieve your symptoms, but maybe no. not since you didn't really have a whole lot of symptoms for that it extended. I, yeah, I didn't really have a ton of symptoms. And actually, it was funny because my mom, at that point, none of my friends were having babies. Or if they had had babies, they'd been having them for so long that that wasn't really on their radar anymore. Right. So I didn't have a lot of discussion really with friends about first trimester symptoms. But my mom, you know, was, she's such a, she's one of those women, she's Wonder Woman. She will basically like walk 25 miles while pregnant uphill in heels, no problem. And so anything I would tell her, mom, I'm so tired, she'd Uh be like, oh, I don't remember being tired. <laughs> You're like, I used you so many kids to take care of, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, geez, thanks a lot. So <laughs> yeah, I kind of was on my own, which was actually kind of too, because it, I was in Idaho and Moscow at the time and I didn't have a whole lot of friends my age. And so it just felt like this little bubble that I was in all by myself. And I think because of that, it, it didn't get overwhelming. You know, I never felt afraid of the symptoms. They just kind of, you know, hung around with me for a bit and that's good. And they were done. Yeah, that's good. Did you guys decide to find out the gender of your baby? And if you did, how did you share that news? Oh, yes. I am not the kind of person to be able to wait. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because all the time that we were infertile and, and trying to get pregnant, I kept feeling very strongly that there was a boy waiting for me. And when I finally was pregnant, I knew it was a girl. I just thought for sure it was a girl. Really? And yeah, for about five minutes, maybe I was like, oh, too bad this isn't the boy, but it's the girl and I'm happy with that. Uh And so when I went in and I had the ultrasound done and they're like, oh, it's a boy. And of course, Brandon was thrilled and I was like, so confused. It's like, really? And for a minute I had to remind myself, no, that's what I wanted. I did want a boy more than I wanted a girl. Mm -hmm. It was just this weird kind of, I don't know. I think that you feel like you've attached a certain things with your fetus. I mean, you kind of get this weird, like one way radio signal going. Right. And for some reason I thought for sure it was a girl. And, um, it was funny actually because later when he was born, one of my first thoughts there in the hospital was, Oh, now I can get my girl. <laughs> it was this weird, yeah, this thought. So that's kind of what drives us still to try and get pregnant again was that uh-huh. idea that there's someone else maybe. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. I was kind of the same way, but, um, opposite. I thought, I thought for sure I was going to have a boy and then we went in and they Mm -hmm. said it was a girl. And I still, until the very day I had her, a part of me was like, I still kind of wonder if it's going to be Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that funny? And I don't know what it is we're connecting to. Yeah. If it's some kind of personality trait or or who knows? Because I felt very strongly that who knows? Who knows? Yeah, that's so interesting. Choosing, Choosing how we care for ourselves and our babies those are very personal decisions that we make. How did you go about choosing a healthcare provider for yourself when you were pregnant? 
you know, that was kind of something that I was um, blessed to not have to think about because where we lived in, in Moscow was a very small town and there was one OBGYN practice that serviced both Moscow and Pullman, the closest town over. And so I was kind of limited to the same three doctors that everybody else was seeing. Okay. <laughs> and actually, my OBGYN at the time was in my bishop. So I would see him up at the pulpit on Sundays and then I would see him down in my vagina. She <laughs> <at our laughs> was awkward. Uh-huh. Um, he was very nice. He avoided eye contact with me times. So oh, wait, hang on. You're cutting out. Say, say that again. Um, and then, oh, sorry. He, he avoided eye contact with me, which did I thought really? was pretty clever. Okay. Yeah, he did. Like, I never saw his eyes from the moment I started being his patient. It was, it was great. Wow. Huh. You'd kind of think they'd get maybe used to that? You would think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been that he was just an antisocial kind of guy. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But Interesting. All I right. did appreciate not having to ever make eye contact with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you didn't mind. Yeah. Well, pregnancy comes with a growing baby and belly, which means our typical wardrobes are basically unusable. Mm-hmm. In regards to maternity clothes, what were your struggles? You know, I never was able to fit into maternity pants. They were always too large for me and very short. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's a petite opportunity really for yeah. the for the short of us so I basically was um thank heavens for forever 21 uh-huh. I was able to buy um very very low raised jeans that were very very elastic I basically wore um jeggings I guess that's what they were called back then okay jeans uh-huh. and because I'm and and I carried kind of in my back right in my middle and uh, pretty much right in the thing too high and too low. So I kind of pull it off with just buying like extra large t-shirts. Okay. I've heard of people doing that. I don't think I could have pulled that off, but that's awesome when people can. I'm jealous. <laughs> Everybody has their own bodies. I went in one time. I was, just, I was about seven months pregnant. I thought, I'm going to go to the Roth. I'm going to find myself a pair of maternity pants. And they were so comfortable, but they just didn't mean they're just way too long. And they really? pulled her up, but I was thinking, man, dang it, I get it now. Like, this would have been really rad to have had as an option. Otherwise, I also got those belly bands, those um, elastic section cover-up things. Uh-huh. Worked pretty well, actually, okay. considering. Great. Yeah. Um, so what were your eating habits? We talked about it for a second, but I didn't want yeah. to jump I feel the gun. like all I did was eat. And it was so tiring. I remember thinking once, I don't want to eat ever again. I'm so tired of this. But I would just get so, you know, so hungry. And in fact, this one time I met a friend at this sandwich shop in town called Stacks, and they had this sandwich called the Holiday and it was turkey and cranberry cream cheese, like, you know, like oh, Thanksgiving yeah. in a sandwich. Yeah. And it was so good. And before I was pregnant, I could maybe eat half of it tops because they were enormous sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So I had met my friend there and her brother who was in from out of town and he was really cute and young and, you know, I'm this old married pregnant lady. And so I kind of wanted to impress him a little. And he looked at this plate of sandwich that I had and was like, oh my gosh, that is the biggest sandwich ever. And I was like, oh, I won't even believe half of it. <laughs> and less than 15 minutes later, the entire thing was gone. And no I was like, way. who am I? Like, when did this happen? I just had this rapacious appetite. And yeah, it was, wow. and it was weird too, because the things that I usually love to eat, 
in bulk, like Wheaties uh-huh. <laughs> and Cheerios and, you know, Rice Krispie treats, things like that. I had no stomach for. I wanted like turkey on blueberry bagels and I wanted um, like beets with cream cheese. Like it was this weird combination of savory and sweet. It was really strange to that me. It is really strange. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite. People want, you know, the bland stuff. Yeah. No, I was pregnant. like, bring on the bean burritos and the steak. And it was funny. In fact, I, I read that. And that's what I think is fascinating too, is I've, I'd read that people, when they're pregnant with, with baby girls, they, they, um, they tended like crave fruit and sweets and things like that. And then when they're pregnant with boys, they want the savory. And I don't know if that's actually true across the board, but you know, in my experience, I guess it was. Yeah. Huh. That is so interesting. So are you back to your normal Wheaties and Cheerios and oh, yeah. stuff now? Can you stomach the stuff that you're yeah. eating, like the turkey and blueberry bagels? Yeah. I didn't so. ever have any real crazy like aversions to food. I think I just instinctively would eat something and be like, you know, I just don't really want this right now. I've always been kind of an emotional eater anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. if there's a week where I just want asparagus, that's all I'll eat. I'll just eat asparagus. I'm okay with that. So <laughs> the idea of being like, oh, I just don't really want these Twix bars. What's going on? I'd rather have this scrambled eggs with Havarti melted on top. It was uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't, I never, there wasn't any one single food that I just could not eat that made me feel like my stomach turned. I was okay. lucky. Okay. Did you have any pregnancy scares or anything unexpected happen to you? Actually, I did in my seventh month. So we kind of had a funny, very unstable pregnancy because we were moving so much. We had, um, Brandon graduated in May. I found out I was pregnant in February. And then in August, we had to move somewhere because, you know, he needed a job and we sold our house. But we didn't know where we were going because he hadn't found a job and he had been accepted to a few colleges to get his LLM. So it was kind of all up in the air. We knew we were going somewhere. We just didn't know where. So for about three weeks, we stayed at my parents' house in Portland, Oregon. And I think between the stress of moving and and being around my mom, who I wanted to impress, I wanted to be as tough as possible. I kind of kept forgetting to drink water. And at an anthropology, I completely passed out. I was in line buying a pair of baggy pants and I passed out and my mom was there, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And I went to the hospital and Huck was fine. In fact, through all this, his heart rate was like so solid. The kid wow. does not get ruffled by anything. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, what, what happened? Was it dehydration? Was I, you know, what's going on? And they were like, I don't know. Um, they thought maybe I may have had a, a, like a urinary tract infection. So they gave me some Vicodin. Thank heavens, because the next day I could not stop feeling like I had to pee. You know that horrible feeling when you think yeah. you're going to wet your pants, but yeah. you'd actually, there's nothing going on. Uh-huh. It turned out it was a kidney stone. Oh my gosh. No <laughs> yes. way. And because of the way I was carrying him, or I don't even know why, for some reason my symptoms didn't match up with what they expected. Like you're supposed to have pain on one side very sharp, but mine was really dull and kind of in the center. And and then they were like, well, you know, it should feel really sharp and jagged as you're passing it. But it mostly just felt, it actually kind of felt in a weird way, like giving birth did, uh-huh. because it was this weird sensation of like something is coming down and all I can do is just, you know, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's ride with it. So I had taken a bunch of Vicodin and drank a lot of, you know, cranberry juice or whatever. Uh-huh. And I finally, when it passed, when I passed it, I was like, oh, is that what that was? And <laughs> oh my God. I, I called the hospital again and was like, um, yeah, it was, it was a kidney stone. And 
So they, they had me come in again to do follow-up testing to make sure that Huck was okay in there. And, you know, he was fine. He's such a champ. And the, it was like, this is my favorite part of my pregnancy. The, the woman, the, the nurse there was like, so you, you pass a candy stone while pregnant? And she was so impressed. And I said, yeah. And I said, yeah, but I had a Vicodin. And she goes, all you had was a Vicodin? <laughs> and then I was like, damn straight. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So what did... What did the doctors think it was? You said that your symptoms weren't matching up, they, but what did they, they think They weren't matching up, and be, so they thought it was a urinary tract infection oh, okay. because the, the biggest symptom I had was lower back pain and feeling like I had to pee all the time. Okay. So they're like, oh, that's got to be you know a UTI. My mom actually, with my little sister, when she was eight and a half months pregnant, she had a kidney stone also. So apparently this is a family oh, wow. <laughs> trait. So next time, if it, you know, I know what to look out for. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Drink my water. Yeah. Wow, but that was kind funny. of like the the moment that I knew I could do a natural birth mm-hmm. because it was like, you know, if if I knew it was a kidney stone and that I was passing it, I would have been so fine with it. It would have hurt, but I would have known it was for a purpose. Yeah. You know, it's it's the feeling scared, like you don't know what in the world is going on. That's what's really, you know, hard for me anyway, hard yeah. for me to handle. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand that totally. For having a purpose, I d- definitely agree, makes it, makes it, um, seem a lot more doable. Yeah. Purposeful. Mm-hmm. Did you exercise while you were pregnant? I did for the first bit. I ran until I was about 22 weeks. 22. And then at that point, yeah, at that point the Braxton Hicks would kick in after I'd run and I just felt like I had to like hunch over weird so I wouldn't bounce too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just got too big, I think. Okay. After that, no, I sat on my butt. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets so uncomfortable after that. I I it think does. I ran a 5K when I was about, I don't know, somewhere around there, 22 weeks or something. And yeah. I, like I had to hold my belly the whole time. It just Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah. Pregnancy has so many ups and downs, and we all know that includes our own weight. Mm-hmm. when it comes to making a healthy baby. So how much weight did you gain overall? I actually gained 25 pounds on the nose. Really? Yeah. And it was funny because when I, um, so I started my pregnancy in Moscow and then I, in the middle, we were living in Portland and then Salt Lake for a little bit with Brandon's parents before we finally ended up in New York City in July. So in between all of this, I saw all these different doctors and it was funny because they all had different opinions on my weight. I saw, you know, a few traditional OBGYNs, male doctors who were like, well, just, you know, don't, don't eat too many like sweets. Don't get all into chocolate, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the midwives that I saw in Salt Lake city were like, yo, you are, you're doing great. Your weight's fine. You should probably eat some more, you know, (laughs) Uh really supportive that way. And then when I was in New York city, because I was, um, I moved so late in my pregnancy, I couldn't get an actual OB or, or midwife. There, it's really oh. hard to get lined up with a doctor there. You kind of have to do it within the first six weeks. Wow. The, the waiting lists are super long, and it's, it's just nuts. And so I, I called around a bunch, and everyone said, you'll have to just go to the clinic at the hospital that sees everybody regardless of insurance. Uh-huh. And so that's what I did. I went, and every time I'd have an appointment, I would sit in this long waiting room with all these people who didn't speak English. Most of them didn't have green cards. Wow. Um, a few of them. Uh, it's, it was kind of a funny, a few of them were like me and I could tell they had just moved here or who knows, you know, it was a right. fun mix, just pregnant women. It was kind of cool actually. Um, but the, the horrible part was that I saw a different doctor every time or a different nurse every time. Oh. And 
So it was um, this weird experience where two or three different times I saw a separate nutritionist and they would all give me different opinions. And one woman, I had two weeks to go and she said, well, you need to stop gaining weight. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, you're done. What do you eat in a day? And I was like, well, I usually have bagel with turkey. She's like, no bagels, no bagels, too many carbs. And I was like, dude, I live in New York City and I am eight pregnant. I'm going to eat bagels. This is my time. It just, I thought it was so funny how, and that was kind of a cool experience I had too. The, okay. the idea that so many doctors could look at the same patient and see such wildly different things right. kind of reinforced to me that it really didn't matter. And uh-huh. it was, it was okay. I could do what I needed to do and someone's going to agree and someone was going to disagree. So it was kind of a neat experience to have. Yeah. It took a lot of the pressure off actually. And uh-huh. Well, so were they saying, were they saying yeah. you were gaining too much because you're, you're small, you're a small person anyway. Cause I mean, as far as I understand, I don't know. 25 to 35 is like, right. Well, and I was good. I was underweight to begin with. I mean, at, when Hawk was born, I think I weighed 130 pounds. I mean, it wasn't oh, like yeah. I was doing fine. I think it was more just like they, every doctor had a different opinion. Okay. And this woman saw me clocking in, I think at that point at like 22 or 23 pounds. And she was like, Oh, good enough. You're done. Oh, you know, gosh. yeah. <laughs> so, Hey, why not? I guess. <laughs> sure. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, did you work while you were pregnant? I did on and off. I started, um, when I was first pregnant, I was working at Bath and Body Works, okay. which obviously didn't work out because not only was it just smelly in there, my sense of smell was completely off. The minute I got pregnant, things smelled different. Really? And so, yeah. Yeah. And I would go to like smell like candles that I used to love and be like, this doesn't smell where I remember it smelling or, <laughs> oh or someone would be like, I want, want something kind of coconutty. And I'd be like, hi, honestly, I think we have a coconut candle, but I can't help you. I have no idea what it smells like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, was able to quit that. And, um, all this time I was blogging and I don't think I actually was making any kind of money whatsoever off blogging until the very, very, very end of my pregnancy. But, um, so uh, yeah, I worked and then we just moved around a ton and I wrote as much as I could okay. and probably made a little bit here and there. From writing? Yeah, from writing. Yeah. What? I would do freelance stuff. Okay. Occasionally I would do, um, back then the sponsorships were so different than they are now for bloggers, oh, okay. but occasionally people would, you know, pay for advertising, like banner advertising or a giveaway, that kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah, I felt like I was always contributing, even if I really wasn't making much at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Do you plan on going back to work? Or I mean, a lot of what you do is freelance anyway, so you're probably still kind of doing that, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm still freelancing. But when I um, when Hawk was born, I, I kind of knew that I was, even if I had had a job or even if we needed to get a job, it was kind of off the table. You know, okay. it was something that I had looked forward to. I'd looked forward to being a mom for so long and taken us, taken us so long to get there. And my husband was in his last year of school getting his LLM. So a job could have been helpful, but also the cost of childcare would have offset anything I could have made. And so we just tried to be frugal and, you know, but it was the the kind of thing where I had really gotten it in my head that the only thing I could do was be home with my baby. I just, I had worked so long and I didn't think I would ever get the chance to do it again. Mm -hmm necessarily. So it was kind of my job to just enjoy that time. And that's what I did. I took it like a job and I, I tried really hard to make the best of every day with him because it, it felt so rare. Yeah. yeah. 
That's wonderful. How would you describe your second and last trimesters? My second was when I had my kidney stone. So I'd actually say the second was probably the scariest, wow, yeah. <laughs> which is backwards. I know everyone says yeah. their second is the best. Yeah. My first was fine. I was able to like go on road trips. And I remember that funny feeling when you first start feeling the baby kick and it feels like a goldfish is kneading, yeah. <laughs> kneading bread dough uh-huh. <laughs> just behind, behind your belt. Um, the third trimester, I just remember feeling swollen. Like I, I would have to take my rings off early and earlier every uh-huh. night uh-huh. and just, just feeling like a giant bloated whale and thinking, I'll never be thin again. I'll never look normal again. And Aww. I would see really cute girls in New York City because, you know, the models, oh, fashion week was so, so painful. <laughs> the models and all the dancers who live right by the um, American Ballet Theater School. So I would see all these cute, cute little girls would be like, oh, I'm just a whale, which of course wasn't true, but that's yeah. how it felt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just felt terrible. I uh-huh. felt- so ugly. But I also knew it was kind of like, this is my, this is a one-time thing. It's okay. It's going to be over eventually. Yeah. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. It's all temporary. It is all temporary. Yeah. And you did end up carrying Huck full term, right? Yeah. Yeah. He came one day early. Okay. So you went into labor on your own. Well, it's kind of funny. I, I had been in labor for two weeks, actually. Oh. And after about a week and a half of labor, I had one of my general checkups and they were like, oh, your your blood pressure is a little high. You have a little bit of you know protein in your urine. So let's have you come in in half a week instead of a full week and we'll see where you are from there. And I had actually woken up the morning of my half week checkup feeling really off. Like I had had these contractions, but they'd felt okay. And then that morning I woke up and just, I didn't feel okay. It was kind of this weird, I couldn't put a finger on it, but it just didn't, it, things weren't right. And I went in my appointment and because it was a waiting room situation where I was at a clinic, yeah. I would sit there and wait until whoever could see me. And sometimes it was an hour and sometimes it was two and sometimes it was 15 minutes. And at this time I had gotten there and they had all broken for lunch. So nobody no. was there. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden I just thought to myself, I, I need to go to labor delivery. Like, I don't know what made me think I needed to do that. But I, I think I just kind of hit that enough is enough uh-huh. kind of level. And so I walked downstairs and over across the hall because it was the same building. And I went into labor and delivery and I was like, I just need to be here. And I don't know why. And they were like, well, okay. So they <laughs> hooked me up. And um, the funny thing was that I was having these intense contractions and I wasn't really feeling them fully. I think because of the way I was carrying Huck, he was so far in my back and he was so like, low and just everywhere that my contractions always felt really dull. And they were like, oh, you're having like really, you know, strong contractions every four minutes. And I was like, really, Emma? Because I only feel maybe a few of them, but it had been going on for so long. So anyway, they they thought, well, you're kind of almost preeclamptic. So we'll break your water and see what happens. And so that was when I went into labor, I guess, officially. Okay. Was after I'd been there and um, I called Brandon who was at school and was like, oh, I'm in labor. I'm oh in the hospital. I've been checked in. And he was like, seriously? I, really? <laughs> and I had him, you know, I hadn't packed a, a hospital bag. So I was like, bring me some stuff. And mm-hmm. he showed up with a Vogue, oh. a big <laughs> Vogue magazine, like the September <laughs> issue. I thought it was so funny. Like, what do you think I'm doing in here? <laughs> Just relax. But actually it was nice. Relaxing. It was nice to read. It was a good distraction. But yeah, yeah. I bet. yeah. 
Okay. So did it end up being a vaginal or a cesarean birth? It was a vaginal. It was a vaginal. And actually it was kind of funny because I, you know, my family, the women in my family have, they tend to have really quick labor and deliveries. Like my little brother was born in 45 minutes from start to finish. They wow. barely made it to the hospital in time. Um, my aunt gave birth to more than one baby in her car on the way there. And so part of me felt kind of intuitively that if they broke my water, it would go quickly. And um, none of the doctors there believed me. And, and they had planned since they had broken my water and I was showing signs of preeclampsia that they were going to um, administer Pitocin after four hours, just to give my body four hours. And then they would start, you know, intervening. Right. And right at the four hour mark, um, I realized I felt like I was like something was changing. And I, I had read enough about transition to know that it was like, you know, this was it transition. That moment when you think you can't go on any longer and you're going to die. Usually mm-hmm. that means you're almost done. Yeah. Right. So I, I thought to myself, I think this is, you know, I think we're close. And I told my doctor, you know, I, I think I might, you know, be in transition. And he was like, no, there's no way you're probably still at a four or five. Really? And I was like, oh, well, if that's the case, I'm screwed. Just give me the epidural. <laughs> uh-huh. So they administered one round of Pitocin and they sent away for the epidural. And when the guy with the needle, he actually got it halfway into my back, but I couldn't sit still. I was, you know, and the baby was dropping so quickly and I couldn't, oh it was just gosh. terrible. So he ended up pulling the needle out and not administering it just because I couldn't, I probably would have gone paralyzed if he had kept going. Uh-huh. And, um, and then the doctor checked me and he was like, Oh, you're at 10. So, um, I started pushing pretty much right then. And, but then it took three hours to actually get him oh out. Oh my gosh. Really? Which was the bummer. Yeah, it took almost as long to push as it did to get from zero to 10. It was wow. kind of ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. So the epidural did not? It did not? No. Okay. He didn't even administer it. In fact, okay. they didn't even bill us for Okay. Got it. It was, you know, one of those like, yeah, he tried, but it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so three hours of pushing. That's crazy. Yeah. He crowned for 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I know. Wow. They, he just didn't point, want to come out. He was so fine and his heart rate was totally normal. He wasn't worried at all. And I, really? like, I was in there like screaming like a banshee, mm-hmm. get him out, get the vacuum, get the <laughs> forceps. And they were like, no, he's fine. I was like, what about me? I really honestly thought I was going to be crowning for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh, gonna, I bet. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was, in fact, they, at one point they brought around the, the mirror so I could see what was going on because uh-huh. I, I, maybe they thought that I wasn't motivated or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so they thought maybe if I could see it, it would help. And it just all of a sudden, you know, taking a look at what pushing does to your nether regions uh-huh. was very sobering indeed. Really? <laughs> I was like, Get that away from yeah. me. I not need to see those hemorrhoids. it was frightening (laughs) yeah I opted out for the mirror too I I was like maybe next time I'm not ready for that yeah I don't know and I'm dark haired too Huck was dark haired when he was born I couldn't tell what was what I wasn't (laughs) seeing anything I was just seeing carnage it was awful oh my gosh yeah it would have been nice if it was a beautiful experience where I got to see my baby, but no. Yeah, not, not yeah, that. <laughs> not at all. Oh, crazy! How much did Huck weigh and measure in length? He was seven pounds one ounce and was nineteen inches long, and it, he came out looking like a linebacker. Like he was just hunched over, and he looked. He's always kind of had these um, arms that look like they're very muscular, even though it's just the way his fat sits oh, on really? his arm. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, he had very beefcakey fat, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember seeing him being like, "That was in that, that fit inside." Yeah, I mean, there's no way. I had to go in um, a few weeks early because they thought that he was um, that he wasn't big enough. That he was too small, and so they had to go in for some measuring. And they're like, "Oh no, no, he's he's fine. You're he's just you know, big. <laughs> he was just all the way in my spine. In fact, the I mean, I, I have a tilted uterus, and I don't know if it's related. I have no idea. But he was so so far back in my back that I couldn't sit still. Starting at about six weeks, seven weeks pregnant, I could just feel him in my spine, the way my uterus was swelling. It was so strange. So it was just uncomfortable to sit for too long? Terrible. Yeah. I had to sit anytime I would sit down, I'd have a giant water bottle to use as counter pressure in the back. Uh And I think that I carried him in my love handles because I didn't (laughs) stick out very far, but I was wide. Uh Wow. Yeah. So he was just this normal sized baby that I I thought for sure he'd be tiny. Yeah. He was normal. Huh. What is his birthday? October 26th. He's a Scorpio. Okay. And what is his full name? I know his name, his given name is not actually Huck, right? Right, right. His name is Henry August Holbrook. Okay. How did you guys decide yeah. on that name? Well, I wanted to name him Huck straight out, but Brandon, you know, was reminding me that the, you know, it rhymes with another word. Uh-huh. And maybe that wouldn't pass the Supreme Court justice test, as we called it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, actually, my grandmother's brother's name was Henry. And um, so I felt like I could we could kind of accomplish both at once. Give him a name where Huck would be appropriate as a nickname and also give him a name that was meaningful to the family. Right. And f- for the longest time, his middle name was going to be Gene, G-E-N-E, because my middle name is Gene with a J. Okay. And my dad's middle name is Gene with a G. And then my mom's mom is also a Gene with a J. So it kind of seemed like this thing that you would, it was bouncing between the generations, you know, boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah, that's So it seemed cool. perfect to have Henry Gene Holbrook. And I don't know, Brandon felt like it was kind of a nerdy name. He wasn't sold <laughs> on it. And and so at the last minute we went with August, I had written an essay on my blog when I was pregnant with him about these peonies that we had in our backyard in Idaho. We had, um, I don't know if it was the, a bad sun situation or a bad soil, but we had bought these peonies and, and elsewhere in the town, they did really, really well. They'd always bloom right on time, early June, big. And mine, for some reason, just would not bloom. They were tiny and the buds stayed shut for so long and I thought they must be defective. Something must be wrong. And every year in August, well after the rest of the peonies in town had finally blossomed, they'd, they'd go for it. They were just, you know, just as beautiful. Just they were always late. And so I had written an essay about my peonies and how it related to my, you know, my struggle to get pregnant and how I was having my own August finally. Um, and so when we were trying to come up with the middle name and Jean was off the table, Brandon suggested August and it was kind of the sweetest, you know, thing. He's so thoughtful. Oh, that's so really like, That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So we, yes. And we would call him Gus, but he was just Huck from straight, you know, from day one, he was really? just Huck. So yeah. where did, where yeah. did Huck come from? Well, we were living in Idaho when I got pregnant and one of the biggest, um, kind of seasonal locational geographical things is the huckleberry bushes. They were all over everywhere near Moscow. And I never really liked the way they tasted, but it felt like such a seasonal thing. And one of my favorite things too, um, I I love naming boys after fellow mischievous boys. Uh You know, I love the, I love the boys that get in trouble. I've always kind of had a 
you know, a little soft spot for them. And Huck Finn is one of my favorite books. And the idea of having the Huckleberry Huck Finn thing just seemed too, too good to pass up. So Mm -hmm. that was what I wanted to name him. And Brandon was all for it as long as we could also give him a a more respectable name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is very cool. Lots of significance in that name. Yeah, very special. Uh It was neat to have so many nice reminders, just even in his name alone. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Did you end up breastfeeding or bottle feeding? We breastfed. I tried to give him a bottle once and he was not into it. Really? How old was he when you tried that? Yeah. Not quite three months. And he's about two and a half months. Yeah. He was not into it. We had a hard time up front anyway. I was I had a lot of milk really, and yeah, I was a fire hose and <laughs> he would have terrible gas and he wasn't, you know, he was only getting that four milk. He wasn't getting any of the good hind milk. And so oh. he had that grassy poop situation. Uh-huh. He was just angry all the time. And then right around, I guess the same time I tried the bottle, maybe that was what it was. I had figured out, I had been reading a lot of kellymom.com and they had suggested nursing for multiple feedings on one side and not switching. So I would do almost maybe three, some four feedings on one boob and then switch. And right around then, all of a sudden he got really fat. Really? <laughs> and everything started to work. Yeah, yeah. I had really good milk. He just wasn't getting any of it. So we had to figure it out. And then once we did, I, I tried, you know, expressing into a bottle a few times. I had a pump and everything. And he just did not like it. So I figured, you know, I was spending all my days with him. I didn't, I didn't need to have a bottle waiting, you know. Yeah. So it, it just kind of happened. I, I wish that it would have. It would have been nice for Brandon to have had that, but it just didn't work. Yeah. He wasn't into it. So you said you would feed him three or four times on one side and then, and then yeah. switch and do three or four times on the other side? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just for the first um, two months Okay. until my milk supply evened out. And then it would just be a one and a one. I think okay. he would feed on one side each feeding and okay. I'd switch the next time around. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. overall, how was your breastfeeding experience? Oh, it was wonderful. It was really great. I think that I had spent so much of my worry brain worrying about getting pregnant and staying pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> that when it came to, to breastfeeding, it surprised me how hard it was. I wasn't expecting it. But I also had seen my mom do it a few times and my aunts do it a lot. And I kind of knew that it would it would suck and then it wouldn't after a while. And so mm-hmm. I, I didn't... I didn't worry about it. I didn't think too hard about it. I just kind of figured, well, this is how it is. It was the one part of my mothering experience that I felt was going just the way I was always told it would go. Oh, you know, okay. It, it, it didn't, for once I didn't, I didn't question myself. I didn't think, oh, this might not work. I don't know. I just, I, maybe I had used up all of my worry yeah. <laughs> already, <laughs> but I was able to just kind of plow through the pain and it hurt for a solid three months. Really? hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was so engorged. Oh no. I, I'm typically like an A, uh-huh. not even an A cup. Yeah. And when my milk came in that third day, I went into this place down the street called the Upper Breast Side. <laughs> this is really great um, nursing store full of nursing boobs and nursing bras and mm-hmm. all kinds of lactation ex- specialists. Upper Breast Side is crazy. And I went in and they measured me for a bra and they said I was 28 double G. Oh my gosh. I know. And I, I don't even think that's a real number. Oh my They're like, gosh. yeah, you're out of luck. Wow. <laughs> they gave me the next best thing. They were so big that they went up past my clavicle. Oh my god. It was gosh. it was the craziest thing. My my nipples were 
were stretched taut. Like uh-huh. they were completely, there was no, he couldn't get his mouth around anything. It was like trying to nurse on a bowling ball. Oh no. Yeah. And so it was just, and then when it w- would let down, I mean, I would just shoot all over the, you know, yeah. across the room, yeah. on the walls. He, and he would just scream at me like, what are you trying oh. to do to me? <laughs> and he it took me. three months uh, yeah, for that to like it, even out. Yeah, it did. It did. Well, because, you know, the, I think that the lactation specialists, they have the best intentions and they give you the advice that works for the mo- most people most often. Yeah. And so I was told, you know, 20 minutes on each side. And all that did was make my boobs think I was nursing like oh. an entire school worth yeah. of babies or something because they were ready to feed the world. Yeah. And it wasn't until I, you know, I would, in fact, I had one that was slightly over eager, more over eager than the other. So I called them. I had the um, Fräulein Maria and um, the Virgin Mother. Like, and I would like switch between the two of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it it took a while, but when we got the hang of it, it was so easy and so wonderful that it didn't even occur to me to, you know, do anything else. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad it yeah. finally got a little bit easier. Oh, uh, it was great. Yeah, that's we ended crazy. up post sleeping, so we nursed through the night. Okay. How long? Way did you too end long. Up? Way too long. Really? And then, <laughs> yeah. We, we nursed until he was two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Just, um, I, I was prepared to go till three and then cut him off, but he was ready at two and a half. And so we okay. stopped then. But um, he didn't even, I, I tried to get him on solids at, you know, six, seven months, like they tell you to, and he was not interested. So we didn't do solids until about 11 months. Really? And he was, yeah. And he was just so like fat and healthy. Mm-hmm. I'd take him to the doctor and be like, well, he doesn't want any salt. And she was like, are you kidding me? Who cares? He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't give him any. Yeah. So I was like, all right. It, it was kind of a lesson in that plus the fact that he wouldn't ever sleep. It was a classic lesson in learning to just trust your baby yeah. over the books. You know, do what yeah. makes your baby happy because that ultimately is so much better than what, you know, Dr. Sears or right. Weissbooth or whoever thinks would be best. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's something I've learned too, is you can read all the books in the world, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, your baby is your baby and you guys have to do what works yeah. for you. Uh, yeah. I think about what it would have been like to be a mom, like in your own private bubble, like in a deserted wasteland, if you had no one to talk to, mm-hmm. I wonder how many of us would figure it out easier and how many of us wouldn't. Like, I, I feel like there are, there's a group of us as mothers who really need the support and, and advice of us. Others. And then there are those of us who hear this advice and it just makes us feel scatterbrained and crazy and not know what to do. And I don't think either is any better than the other. But I think it's interesting how, you know, some some mothers thrive on being around other mothers and others just kind of need to put their head down and be like, all right, kid, what do you really want? Yeah. Yeah. And I won't listen to any anything anyone tells me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because whenever I would try and like get my kid on the same nap schedule as friends because that would have been really helpful uh-huh. <laughs> if we were all on the same nap schedule for you know play dates and things he just would be so miserable and angry and and we would have the most frustrating days and I would feel tired by the end of the night and be like just take him you know when Brandon would come home mm-hmm. and then on the days when I would just kind of follow his lead and, and and you know be like okay he doesn't want a nap I don't have to give him a nap that's okay yeah we were just so much happier together everything was easier and smoother so yeah I agree know? I think it's much better when you can learn to be more flexible and yeah and let them lead the way yeah it really is more about the kid too I think than the mom and yeah. you know you you get who you get the next time around I might get like a super strict child that needs all kinds of yeah. regulations yeah that's true and that's cool too you never know I guess yeah they're all they're all different <laughs> yeah 
What would you say was the hardest part about this pregnancy for you? Uh, just the idea that I might not get to do it again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of felt like I wanted to do it right. I wanted to enjoy it as much as I could and savor it. And so the times when I would feel like complaining, I'd feel guilty a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it was hard one and I haven't had a second yet. So, you know, yeah. I kind of, I think I kind of knew it would be like this too at the time, like instinctively. Was that stressful for you? Feeling like that? Yeah, a little bit. It was in its own, in in its own way. I think it would have been harder for me had I gotten pregnant and easily and had the same experiences. I think that knowing me and how impatient I naturally am, it would have been a very different experience. So I, I kind of count my lucky stars that it was such a long road to get there. Cause I, I looked at it, I think it was like night and day. It was a whole different experience, an entire different beast mm-hmm. because I had to work for it. And yeah. so that's something that I'm, I'm grateful for, but it also did come with its own kind of, you know, am I enjoying this enough? Am I remembering this enough? Am I, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, are my yeah. eyes open enough? Uh-huh. <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't want to be distracted. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause it just goes so fast. Yeah. Yep. In the blink of an eye and it's, yeah. it's done. What yeah. did you love most about it? About pregnancy? Yeah. I loved that almost from the get-go, I felt like a good solid half of my brain was fully occupied <laughs> by making the baby. <laughs> uh-huh. And I typically am an overthinker and I would stress and worry over things. But somehow the the work involved in making arms and legs made it so it was hard for me to second-guess myself. I would just kind of go with my gut and I didn't overthink things anymore. It was like my anxiety went down about, you know, a whole, all these crazy notches. And then when he was born, it was the same way. I was only thinking about him and I didn't worry about, you know, relationships with others. I didn't like get that same social anxiety I used to get, that kind of thing. It was just like part of my brain had been dulled. It was like I was on some kind of baby antidepressant. And I thought that was just so great. And then once I weaned, actually, all that neuroses came back in a big giant rush. I was like, oh man, that oh sucks. My gosh, that's so interesting, really. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. 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 My hormones seem to like me best when I'm pregnant and nursing. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just the rudest. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's crazy. So, what is one book or app or other resource that you used when you were pregnant that you found helpful and that you would want to recommend to other women? Hmm. I did get the baby center email and I. I thought that was a nice little check-in and I still get it now. You know, you're four and a half year old. What is he up to? And it's just kind of nice to read it and be like, oh yeah, yeah. we're doing that too. Um, I had a funny moment though when I was about six months pregnant and I was in Utah with some of my aunts. My dad is one of seven brothers Wow. and he has three sisters. And so all of his brothers are close in age. And so all of my aunts I kind of grew up with, they're, a lot of them are almost my age. It's crazy. But I was talking with them, you know, they'd all had five and six kids. And I said, did you read anything? Did you, you know, what was the best advice you got? And they all kind of looked at each other and was like, no, I didn't read anything. And glad I didn't. That would have uh-huh. been really stressful. And I thought that was kind of a nice bit of advice. And so I, I kind of avoided everything I could avoid, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when it came right down to it, I would just kind of rely on what felt right in the yeah. moment. Well, that was probably <laughs> smart, especially since you know you're already kind of an overthinker. So that yeah, probably yeah. a good idea for I, you. It was just kind of like I had worked so hard and thought so much about getting pregnant that I honestly think I used up every last brain mm-hmm. cell I had. They were just, they weren't available to me anymore. So I just didn't think about it much. It was nice. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. 
What are you most excited about next in your life, both personally and professionally? Well, personally, uh, we're moving to Idaho and I kind of feel like there's a little, um, good luck charm in Idaho. Maybe I hope that I got pregnant there once I can do it again. I have this feeling like there's someone there for me. I think, I think it's a girl, but I'm okay if it's a boy. Um, so that's something that I'm really hoping to kind of tackle next once we're home and unpacked and Mm -hmm. professionally, it's kind of a fun time because I uh, recently wrote a book and it came out in March and the promotion period of it is over and it's done really well. And, um, editors are happy with me. And so I feel like I have the opportunity if I want to, to, to write another book or to who even knows? Like, I feel like I just am sort of like kind of feeling my way toward knowing what I want to do next, but it's kind of this nice feeling where it's, it's open. It's an open-ended kind of thing. So I think these are, it's a good transition time, I think for me. Yeah. Very positive and moving forward. That's exciting. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) All right. Well, Natalie, before we say goodbye, how can my audience find you? Oh, well, I'm at heynataliejean.com. And then it's the same across all social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and Snapchat because I am the coolest 32-year-old ever. (laughs) So it's just Hey Natalie Jean across the board. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful and private story with us. We learned so much about you. Um, Ladies, you can find pictures of Natalie, her beautiful family, and any links she shared with us today over on the show notes page at PregnancyPerfect.com slash Natalie Holbrook. And her last name is H-O-L-B-R-O-O-K. Natalie, Mm -hmm. thanks again so much for being here. I had a great time talking with you. Oh, thank you. It was a huge pleasure. Thank you so much. hope you enjoyed listening to this interview with Natalie. She was really fun to talk to and nice enough to be one of the very first interviews I did. She and I want to hear from you either through email or on Instagram. As usual, we would love to hear your thoughts um, or questions. And remember when you visit Natalie's show notes page, not only will you get links to all the things we talked about in today's conversation, as well as her social media links so you can connect with her, But you'll also get the exclusive fun facts about her, such as her favorite person to follow on Instagram, her guilty pleasures, and much more that's only available there on PregnancyPerfect.com slash Natalie Holbrook. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend and consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. Looking forward to the next bump day where you'll hear another awesome pregnancy story. Until next time, thank you for spending this last hour with me and take care. This has been a Pregnancy Perfect production. Information and materials contained in this episode are presented for entertainment purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of Pregnancy Perfect and should not be considered facts. 
For such information in which areas are related to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problems or diseases or prescribing any medications. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider.